0: Seated. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn in Revelation. We're going to be in Revelation chapter 5. And kids, I'm glad you're here with us this morning because we need your help, because we need your active imaginations. Because in Revelation, uh, Jesus, through John, speaks to us in pictures. And pictures are powerful things. And uh, he speaks to us in pictures. And one of the challenges of uh, pictures, though, is that uh, sometimes it's hard to to know what they're about. You know, there's a company that sells film and cameras, and so they've told us that a picture is worth a thousand words. Uh, but sometimes you need a thousand words to explain what the pictures are about, because if you don't know who they are or what they're, uh, the images are, they're not really worth a whole lot to you. And in Revelation, one of Jesus' main goals is to help you see. He wants to transform your vision so that you see. And what he's telling us is that things in this world are not as they seem. There's things that are going on that are deeper, and he gives us all these pictures to help us see, and it's, it's amazing the more you plug into the literary artistry of Revelation because this can't be a coincidence, but 70 times in the book of Revelation, the verb to see is used, and 50 of those times John uses about something he sees, and then what he does is seven times in the book, he gives you this incredible vision of who who Jesus is. And uh, we're going to look at one of those visions this morning in Revelation uh, chapter two or chapter five. It's the second image of the risen Christ as both the lion and the lamb. But to help us to understand these pictures, uh, it might be helpful to think along the lines of cartoons. So kids, you can help us, or even think along the lines of like political cartoons. So I'm actually going to bring up a couple different pictures uh, on the screen. And so, all right, kids, this is where I need some interaction. So I need some help from you. So don't be embarrassed. Don't listen to your parents who are squeezing your leg right now. Speak up loudly. This is not being recorded. And, uh, so it needs some help. So you tell me, all, right, all of these pictures either present someone or they have a message. They're saying something. Now, what is this picture? Does anybody even know who those things, like, what are those things? Pokemon. Oh, that's Pokemon. Who else is on that screen? What other characters? You can just say it. You don't have to raise your hand. It's it's school, but it's not like school. You got Pokemon. You got Pikachu. What is a Pikachu? (laughs) What even is that? And then they're celebrating something. Does anybody know what they're celebrating? pizza and ice cream. Maybe, um, maybe they had ice cream. They're celebrating the, um, Tokyo getting awarded the 2020 Olympics. So that's what they're, so this is an image of celebration. All right. This next one is, all right. So go to the next image. All right. What is this? This is kind of a dark image. All right. It's an elephant. What's going on here? Yeah. He's lifted, the elephant's lifting up a rope. That's good. That's a, um, a, you're looking at the bright side of things. I like that. You get that from your mother. Um, And so so the first one, if you want to understand the first image, you got to understand, you got to know the characters. This image, you got to know the context. And this image actually comes from the 1990s. It was printed in the New York Times. It was printed the week after the uh, GOP-led House decided to initiate the impeachment of Bill Clinton. So now that you know the context, the image now makes a little more sense. All right, so let's go to the next one. Now, this is a strange image. What you have like, what is going on here? All right, kids, give me a guess. What do you think's happening here? A fish, eating a a fish is eating a city. Anybody wanna guess what city that is? New York, New York's getting destroyed by a giant fish. All right, close, but that's actually an image of a dragon and the city is Hong Kong. And this was printed in a Hong Kong newspaper in the 80s once uh, the transfer from British power was going over to uh, the sovereignty of Hong Kong is being transferred to the Chinese. So uh, in order to understand this, you gotta know the images, like what's the, what's the dragon represents? It's a national political image. All right, this is another favorite image of mine. Um, bring this one up. Alright, somebody explain this. You have a you have a dog <laughs> that's eating an alligator. What is happening here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, so like what message is this conveying? Some of you might say it's a message of wish fulfillment or hope. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Georgia's beating Florida. Now, could you imagine, let's imagine if you had a friend from, say, Kenya, who knew nothing about America or football. Like, how would you explain this image to them? Like, there's so much, but where would you even begin. So in all these images, in order to understand what they mean, I mean, you got to understand the characters, then there's political context you need to understand. Then there's like backstory and events that you need to understand. But sometimes the images are actually people, but it's hard to discern. So bring up, this is the last one. All right. Now this is, what is this an image of? A baby. This is not just any person. This is actually somebody in this room right now. Did anybody want to guess who this is a picture of? Samuel, close. It's Annabelle. So this is Annabelle. So Annabelle wave, this is Annabelle. Now Annabelle was born in uh, Opelika, Alabama. And uh, when we went to the doctor for the sonogram, um, I was convinced, I just had that dad's intuition, which seems to always be wrong. So I was convinced that Annabelle was a boy. And um, when we went to kind of do the sonogram, the, the lady just started rolling and she was you know, showing us all these images. and. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen a sonogram or not, but, like, this is a good image. You, this is kind of the best one where you can see, but, like, the first time you look at it, you have no idea what you're looking at. And then she just started going and uh, just started, oh, well, here's her heart, and it's healthy, and here's her legs, and look at that, nice, strong, long legs. And, and after a couple minutes, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa her? Her? It's a, it's a her? And are you sure? And then she yes. And then she just keeps talking to Cynthia and starts showing all these other things. And finally, I didn't really believe And I stopped her and said, well, I can't really see, like I'm not seeing the heart or the leg or how do you know it's a her? And uh, she found my lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> and she said, sir, I've been doing this for almost 40 years. If I say it's a her, it's a her. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Hey, here's a credit card. I won't say another word. Just, I'll just pay for it and be quiet. <laughs> I've been looking at these images for 40 years. I can tell, like, I have practice, and Revelation's very similar, because in Revelation, um, if you're going to understand the images, you've got to understand the context, you've got to understand the characters, you've got to understand actually some um, first century Greco-Roman political intrigue, um, but you also got to understand the person it's pointing to, and one of the things about understanding the person, in Revelation, every single verse has some Old Testament echo. So it's one of those things that the more you immerse yourself in the Old Testament, the more you'll be able to understand and see. And so what we want to do this morning is we have a challenge because uh, Revelation gives us, and Maxine, you can go on to the next uh, slide. Revelation gives us these images of who Jesus is, and we need his help to understand, to really see him, because not only do we often not know the characters or not understand what we're looking at, but then the dust and the dirt of this world can get into our eyes, and it can cloud our vision, and we can't really see. And, and Jesus's goal for you is to really be able to see see Him as He really is. And so, what I want to do this morning is just kind of lead us in thinking about this image that we're given in Revelation five. So we'll start. We'll read along, and then there's two things we're going to look at. What did what did John see, and then what did he hear? What did he see and what did he hear? So look, starting in chapter five, then I saw in the right hand of Him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back sealed with seven seals, and I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and to look in it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scrolls or to look in it. And then one of the elders said to me, weep no more, Behold, the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a Lamb standing as though it had been slain, with seven horns, with and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out to all the earth. And he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders they fell down before the Lamb, and each holding a harp and golden Bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you are slain and you by your blood, you ransom people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and a priest to our God and they shall reign upon the earth. Then I looked and heard around the throne the living creatures and the elders a voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands and thousands and they sang with a loud voice worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and then I heard every creature in heaven And on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down and they worshiped him. So we're in this scene, this throne room scene in Revelation 5. And Revelation 4 and 5 are connected. And John is in the spirit on the Lord's day. He's taken up into the presence of the Lord in heaven. And chapter 4 and 5, is he's given this vision of what's happening in heaven uh, at that moment. And he's actually given this scene. In chapter 4, he gets to see there's, there's one, the Father is seated on the throne. And he actually isn't, it doesn't tell us about the Father on the throne. He tells us all about the people around the throne. And the things around him, and then in Revelation five, it's interesting because uh, Jesus is not there; someone is missing. And then five is the, the, in essence, the coronation ceremony as Christ enters into heaven after completed His work and conquering and risen, and now about to take His place at the Father's right hand. So He sees that. So just a couple things to note before we really dive in. You know the repetition of the "I saw." I saw, I looked, behold, and then the image of the lion and then the lamb, Then he's there and then there's these three songs that we'll see but those three are actually there's actually five songs in revelation 4 and 5 and there's this beautiful progression because uh, the first two are about God the father the middle two go towards the son and then the last one goes to both uh, bringing them all together and then then there's a movement where uh, song one is the four living creatures of seraphim or cherubim that are around his throne and then song two is the 24 elders who represent all of God's people together. And then songs three and four are them together Or song three is them together Then four is all the angels And then five is all of creation And so let's look first at that What John saw He saw Jesus as the lion and the lamb The lion of the tribe of Judah Has conquered So he's victorious But then he says I turned and I saw it was like a lamb Standing as if slain. So you have this, this coming together in this one person of these things that seem to be impossible. They're incongruous. They, they, they can't be together. How could it be a lion and a lamb? A lion, the, the, the epitome of strength and might and power. And just think of the, the roar of a lion. You know, pretty much our only engagement with lions are in zoos that are contained with healthy distance. In this world, there were no zoos. If you saw a lion, do you know what you were? You were in trouble. (laughs) You were very afraid, especially in the dark. If you heard the sound of all of a sudden, if you heard the sound and the roar of a lion, it would send shivers up and down your spine. You were terrified, but then here's the lamb. He's a lion, that's a lamb. And the lamb is the meekest of all the animals. Mild, gentle, easily captured, easily killed. And what you see is it's given us this image of the character of Christ that he is both of these things at the same time. The mighty lion and the meek lamb. And so let's just walk through for a second his life and ask, can you see him as that? Can you see him? Look at his birth. Do you see him as both lion and lamb? You go to the birth and see the humble lamb who entered into the womb of a young peasant Jewish girl to be fathered by a poor day laborer, born in a stable because there was no room for them in the inn. Why not? Were more people, people more important were there. The entered into like a meek lamb of family whose poverty was such that when they came to dedicate him at the temple, they had to offer the, 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 the lowest, uh, poorest offering. Possible, you, know, you can come and you can see the lamb lying in the manger, but then don't be deceived, it's not just a lamb lying in the manger, it's a lion, and he. Was born by the power of the Holy Spirit And in, uh, in The beginning was, was him In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God And in that little lamb lying In the manger is the lion that In him there is life And in him even though The darkness came into the world it could not Overcome him he was Not just the lamb in the manger He was the lion Not just the you, know, you see him And he's not just a feeble infant Who's lying there is the death destroyer, the Satan slayer, the conqueror, the kings of the earth who will bring glory and vindicate the most high and bring his justice and accomplish our redemption. There's a lion in the manger. And then you can walk through his life and see both lamb and lion. You see them as as a child, the humility of the lamb to come into the world and to live so humbly and to live so simply and to submit to his mother and father and to grow in wisdom and grace and stature and favor with God and man. But you also see peaks of the lamb starting to burst forth as he stays even at a twelve as a twelve year old. He's confounding the religious leaders and the scribes and the Pharisees in the temple. And then you can walk through his life all throughout the Gospels, and you can see him as he walks, and you can hear him as he roars. You see a lamb who chose to have no possessions. Or no place to lay his head. Even foxes have holes and birds have nests. But he chose to have no place to lay his head. And you can walk and watch him as the gentle lamb who comes and he weeps with two sisters who have lost their brother. And he responds to a desperate mother who's lost her son and a desperate father whose daughter is on death's door. And he pauses to stop to women who've had secret wounds they've been Carrying for over a decade and then he's the lion because he comes and he takes and he gives the mother her dead son back and he heals the, the near-dead boy for the father. And then he gives to the grieving sisters their dead brother back. And if that one woman could just touch the fringe of his, his coat, she is healed. See, the power of the lamb or the lion as his divine majesty breaks forth and starts to do the great work of healing all that's broken and defeating all, of the, all that's evil. And you can see him watch as the lion, and roars all throughout And as storms come And you see the voice of the lion roaring As he says silence And then storms stop I mean can you imagine the power Of the word that can speak to a storm And have it stop That's the power of the roar of the lion I mean there's two things that I know well and that's you can't stop a baby when it's crying and you can't stop a dog when it's barking it doesn't matter how much you say stop stop be quiet silence it's not going to work and then here's the power of the lion who can look at the storm and say silence and it stops so you can see and you can hear the lamb uh, the lions roar but then the lamb speaks with such gentleness and patience you can hear the voice of the lamb as he says come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest take my yoke upon me and learn from me for i'm gentle and i'm humble in heart you can hear the voice of the lamb as he looks and he says daughter where are those who condemn you Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You can hear him as he says, a bruised reed I will not break, and a smoldering wick I will not snuff out. But then you can hear the voice of the lion as he says things like, whoever keeps my word will never taste death. And before Abraham was, I am, and you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. You can hear the roar of the lion. But then you can go look and at his death, you know, there was no day quite like the Friday of his death as the day of the lamb where he offered himself up to God as a sacrifice, a lamb without blemish. The great Passover sacrifice, and that was the, the culmination of a whole lamb-like life of all of his humiliation. And you can see the lamb, his agony in the garden, his pain in body and soul on the cross as he's treated uh, as one of the worst of criminals, mocked publicly and shamed. It's the day of the the lamb. That's not how all the story. Then Sunday is the day of the lion. As we sing, bursting forth in glorious day up from the grave. It was the lion who rose again, conquering death, defeating it. And now we see in Revelation 5, he's in heaven now. And it's as the lion that all heaven bows down and all of creation sings his praise. And in Revelation, you'll see him riding forth on his triumphant white horse to rule and to reign and to bring in god's justice but you also get images of him as the lamb in heaven seated at the right hand of the father interceding for us and pleading on our behalf and you can hear the the martyrs who are at his feet and they cry out how long O lord how long and he says not long You wait, and then you can see in Revelation 7 that we'll look at uh, next uh, next couple weeks, you can see as the lamb becomes their shelter, and he wipes away every tear from their eyes. So we have this incredible image of both Jesus as lion and lamb, and at every age and every stage of our life, we need to encounter and experience him as one of these things. So if you come in this morning, are you weary? Then come to the lamb who offers you rest. Are you weak? Come to the lion where you can find strength. Are you, do you feel stained? Come to the lamb who spilt his blood to take away the sins of the world. Are you afraid? Come to the lion who roars to defend his own. No matter who you are or where you are, come to the lion or come to the lamb. And then here, notice what else John, that's what John sees. But then notice, what did he hear? And there's this beautiful cycle of celebration. We're coming in uh, to the next thing. we got three songs here, but they're really the, the third, fourth, and fifth song in the whole worship set. So they have five songs in their worship set. And the first one is a celebration to the Father. Holy, holy, holy. It's a call to worship. And then the last one is a great celebration of benediction. And then all three uh, in the middle have the c- central word of Worthy. Worthy is the Lamb And these uh, beautiful songs Look at the first song Starting in verse 9 And first notice who is it that's singing It's the 24 elders And those around the throne And they say worthy Are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God and they shall reign upon the earth. You know, if you want to encounter the glory of the lamb, you got to feel the force to receive. And then it's amazing. Just count up how many things they praise him for. What would you guess the number would be? It's seven things. Worthy are you to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Isn't it interesting? These seven things are the things, you know, every single heart in this room is on a quest for at least one of these things. Maybe a couple. And every single culture that's ever been created has been a culture that's dominating by pursuing one of these things maybe multiple, and here all of these things, power, wealth, wisdom, might, honor, glory, blessing, they all go, they are worthy to be laid at the feet of the Lamb. And then notice what he hears, every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne, that's the father and to the lamb, that's Jesus, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. So all of creation then comes to join in to the song of celebration. So let's just close this way and think, why does heaven sing his praises? What are they praising him for? They're praising him because he has redeemed or ransomed a people for his God. He purchased a people by his blood. And if you're a Christian here this morning, then you're a part of that. That's who you are. And so the real question is, have you been redeemed? Have you been purchased? Has the debt that was upon you been paid and your sins removed? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ and that he is the one who is worthy And by his suffering and death, he has set his people free. You know, when the picture of Annabelle, when we got that, only, I don't know how many months, maybe... Annabelle and Maddie are 14 months apart. And um, when we found out we were pregnant with Maddie, uh, she was the first kind of grandchild on my side of the family. And so when we called to tell my mother, you know, it was one of those kind of comical things, like from the old Verizon, you know, commercial, like, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? No, I can't hear you. What are you trying to say? And so she was at the dentist with my sister and then kind of ran outside because she knew big news was coming. And then we told her, you know, uh, that her first grandchild was coming. And my mom started jumping up and down and going, yay and if you've ever met my Bob it makes it more of a humorous scene <laughs> and she was at the dentist in Loganville, Georgia and so this kind of man walks by and he started laughing and he said either you just won the lottery or you just found out you were going to be a grandparent for the first time <sighs> and it's, it's a good thing to know for a child that your presence caused such celebration of those around you it's a comforting thing And you know what Jesus tells us that causes all of the angels in heaven to sing and celebrate and causes them joy? When one sinner repents. So this morning when one sinner repents and call all of heaven to jump up and down and sing and celebrate Because the work of the lamb is being applied to the people of god and he's he's receiving the reward of his Labor so one of the greatest questions we can ever ask is do we know what it is to experience the joy of having our sins forgiven the joy of being accepted by our savior And do we see him as worthy worthy of our trust worthy of our belief worthy of our hope worthy of our affection worthy of our life you know if you think about it every heart in this room is asking one question especially you teenagers so teenagers look up here for a second because you are entering into a season in your life where where the, the kind of the driving question of your life is who is worthy who is worthy of my affection who is worthy of my attention what is worthy what is worthy of my time and my energy and my life and hear the sound of the song of the heavenly host that says he is worthy One of the reasons we do what we do here at church is because we want you to know and experience that he is worthy. He is worthy of all of your devotion, your affection, your attention, your life, your trust, your hope. There is nothing you can ever give him and you will ever regret because he is worthy. And so let's thank him and praise him for these things. Lord, we praise you for your word. We praise you for your truth. And we pray that, you would ask, that we ask that everyone here would, would, would know that you are worthy and that we would give you the attention uh, you deserve and the affection uh, that you deserve and that we would give you our hearts and our minds and all of our life, soul, and strength. And this we ask in Christ's holy name.